Hi, welcome to Two Towns Over. This show is made possible by our patrons. If you want to monetarily support the show, we're at patreon.com slash two towns over. If you can't support us financially, then you can support us algorithmically by liking, rating, and sharing. Thanks. Enjoy the show. So, everybody. Because everyone's in the same position right now. Wait, 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 Ruben. What happened? Do you know what this is right now? Uh, it's the final Cult down, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, welcome. We are done with Satan. Satan, we've we've sucked on Satan as much as we possibly could. He is a desiccated husk now. <laughs> I mean, he started that way as well, but yeah. So we're back to our <laughs> regularly. Like you, you ever juice a raisin? <laughs> <laughs> we are back to our regularly scheduled programming, sort of. Uh, we did have an episode scheduled this week. Uh, well, not scheduled that I had written this week. Uh, wasn't too <laughs> and happy I with it. I accidentally also wrote an entire episode because I thought it was due today. Yeah, and then Josh, <laughs> I, we get, I get here and Josh is like, "Did you see the script?" I was like, "What script?" <laughs> and he's like, I, "I did the script for this week." I was like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "The Love Is One <laughs> script," and I was like, "Dude, we still haven't even talked about the 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 parameters for the final. We got to do that first. So, so this will probably be a relatively short episode because we're we're gonna run down what what this are, is gonna look like. Yeah, what are uh, the, well, the parameters the, that the, you're in a cult, right? And how how we're gonna what the plan is, how we're gonna do it. Oh fuck! I meant to bring my laptop. I'll don't need to this week. I wanted to take. Or can you send me like the th- yeah thing? Yeah, okay. I thought I already sent it. Or did I send it to you? You send it to me. Okay, yeah. I'll send it to you later. Appreciate you. So. Because that way I can, you know, keep up. So here's here's the idea for those of you who who skipped the the update episode we did a couple weeks back. Um, going forward, you may have noticed. Well, going for as of now, you may have noticed that we have not done any episode on cults in the three year, almost three years. We've been two years, two years, almost we've two, been doing almost this. two years. So, and there was a reason behind that. It was because I didn't want to do just another true crime podcast talking about cults and you've heard them <clears throat> yeah you you've heard about if you listen to true crime podcasts regularly if we're not the only true crime podcast you listen to you have heard three dudes sit around a table and tell the story of Jonestown you fucking heard it right so and and yeah we'll still have to do that because yeah, we have to explain, we're still gonna yeah. tell the story but People we wanted yeah. they, you know we, we you know we got to do the classics yeah, yeah so but we wanted to do something different so the idea came to me like if we do serial killers we gotta talk about ed gein we gotta I talk, can't about wait to talk about ed gein yeah. they're gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun fun to do but you know and then we'll talk about you know, the ones i don't know about yet and yeah. that'll be fun as well <laughs> 
Yeah, like Hooray. Albert Fish. You know, we remember Albert Fish, don't we? On all the good times we had. That was such a good episode. <laughs> it was a good episode. It was not necessarily a good time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or Tansler, even though he wasn't a serial killer. Oh, he might as well have been. That was just creepy as fuck. <laughs> that, ew. Go listen to Tansler. That, like, one and two episodes of Tansler were, it was, we recorded it all. In one day. All, in one day. And it, wow, you it's can feel really it. really fun. You yeah. can feel it. Like, I can mentally take myself back yep. and feel the tension in that room. Yep. It, literally tangible. The ghost of that <laughs> tension lives in this room. So <laughs> so the idea, what we're going to do with the final cult down, which, yes, that is the name we're going with if you don't like it. I, I Listen, Don, I want you to play that song. Every time you say the final cult down, I just want to, in the background, I just want to, just, <laughs> just that real one quick. little. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> So. Or you could do progressive, like each measure. Like <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the first time you say "final cult down," it's just duh. <laughs> no. I mean, it would be like the final cult down, duh, 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 duh. and then like later in the episode, the like final cult down. Minutes duh, 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 duh. later. Like, <laughs> so there is a list of ten things to symbolize are things to look for that prove that you might be in a cult and Europe specifically uh, we're we're getting it from um, a medium.com article that was written by uh, somebody who was in fact in a cult for 25 years yeah but this list has been around for for a long time I've seen this that's where I got the idea I just had to look it up and this was the most uh, easiest to comprehend and just so, just because i feel like by sam and tanner yeah yep just excuse me god damn it uh this part right here i feel like is important to read during my 25 years as an unwitting cult member i would often watch documentaries and read about other cults as i researched i noticed 10 specific patterns that helped me recognize that i myself was in a cult so what we're going to do, the three of us, as we go over the story, when we get to the end, we will take our what we have learned, take these 10 signs, and rate them 1 to 10 for a total of 100 points. And we'll go, over, we'll go over the 10 categories right. in a second. And we're doing a tier list, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically the idea is to take, and we'll do like probably an average. 10 is the worst cult. Like, it's... The most yeah. bad, right? Right. We'll probably all right. as we go through these. Once we get a few of them uh, under our belts, I'll I'll put I'll start putting them in a tier list that yeah. we can update on the social medias as yeah. we go along. And, I'll, and I'll the, try to keep them. I'll try to just keep the fi- I'll keep them in like a notepad note. Yeah. yeah. And the idea is we'll take an average of the three of us, and maybe maybe we can even have the audience. You know, oh, yeah, I would love some audience participation. We can have our official rating and then we can do like polls and stuff on yeah. Patreon and Discord and such. And the idea is to come up with what is the worst cult that has ever existed, basically. Join our Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's get started. It's going to be more freeform because we're just kind of, I'm kind of going over the. I'm following along with the words this time. <laughs> it's we're we're not actually doing a cult today. No, for for the record, we're we're giving a, a full rundown of what this new format for us is going to look like, what to expect as we go along. Right, it's a rundown for the cult down. Yes, we, the cult down rundown. Yes, if there you, you will. Go. So the first sign that you may. 
if <laughs> I was going to turn this into Jack Fox, Jack Foxworthy, <laughs> you might be in a cult. <laughs> the first one is the leader is the ultimate authority. If your leader is the ultimate authority, you here's might. your sign. Here's your sign. That's two different guys. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Jeff Foxworthy. Jeff Foxworthy is you might be a redneck. You might Bill be a redneck. Fuck, if. that's right. It's Bill Ingvall. God yeah. damn it. Here's your sign is building well most i i was gonna say here here's your sign is probably the more recognizable one now yeah yeah although jeff foxworthy was the big one yeah back back when he was were. the goat he was of the, the blue collar comedy well i'm gonna say they were all i liked them all back then now i will say bill ingvall and Ron White. Yeah, Ron White is the goat of the blue collar comedy. Yeah, yeah I can still watch Bill Lingvall as well. He's pretty. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's very unpol- apolitical. Yeah, yeah. He mostly just talks about redneck shit, and I grew up around redneck shit. <laughs> yeah, so it's fun. Uh-huh. So if you're not allowed to criticize <clears throat> your leader, even if the criticism is true, you're probably in a cult. Cults begin with a charismatic leader who claims some supreme knowledge. They may call themselves a prophet, messiah, messenger, or an enlightened teacher. They can also be CEOs, military officials, politicians, and self-help gurus. Cult leaders convince members to forfeit their critical thinking ability in return for a sense of belonging, authority, and purpose. To members, it doesn't matter what the evidence or logic may suggest. The leader is always right, and their misdeeds are always justified. Criticism of the leader is forbidden. Don, I don't like how you read that. Why? We're not in a cult. <laughs> Criticism of the leader. I'm not the leader. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you're, you're yeah, you are. For sure. I'm just the, the, the motivator. Uh, That's who, what a leader is, Don. Hey, Don. Yeah. Whose idea was the podcast? It was mine. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Who does most, who of, does the most of the work of the podcast? That would be me. Uh-huh. Right, 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 right. But right. if I was a true cult leader, I would have you guys do the work. But that's what we're saying. And saying that's why I you're a leader. Be, yeah. I Don is literally Don is literally that fucking office poster of the boss and the leader with the boss riding on the thing uh-huh. and the leader pulling at the front. Uh-huh. That's literally Don. Don is that. Pull, he's like literally that guy. And let me also add add this to the the tally of things that make Don a cult leader. Who in this room has the biggest beard? It's Don. It's Don. Beards don't equal fucking Yes they do. Yeah, no, they, do. They, okay. they absolutely equal magical power. <laughs> then I'm magical. I'm not a cult leader. That all cult leaders are inherently magical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a twisted dark magic, but you know. <laughs> I'm not a cult leader. No, but... (laughs) How did we end up... Wait, wait. You started this shit. I was trying to say that you were not like a cult leader, and now we've ended up... that You are our cult leader. Don is a cult leader. So the second thing that will tell you if you're in a cult is the group possesses skepticism. Suppresses. The group suppresses skepticism. (laughs) Because possessing skepticism is the exact opposite of being in a it's, cult. Yeah, possessing skepticism. We, we possess very much. As skepticism. your cult leader, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to ask you to go downstairs, get on your knees, crawl across the floor, and I want you to eat four kernels of cat food now. No, absolutely not. Then I'm not a cult leader. So <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> God damn it! He found empirical evidence. A loophole. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, possessing skepticism is what I, I do too I much. fucking, I'm dyslexic as shit, okay? So fuck off. I read the shit wrong. I read it last night. I knew what it said. I still just... This is a safe space. If you're only allowed to study your organization through approved sources, you're probably in a cult. If your church only lets you read chick tracks, <laughs> that's you're a in cult. the dumbest cult in the yeah. world. <laughs> Uh, Colts view critical thinking as an infectious disease, and every effort is made to suppress it. Doubting members are encouraged to isolate themselves from outside influences and focus solely on the doctrine of the cult. Criticism is forbidden. People who contradict the group are viewed as persecutors and are often given labels, given labels like anti, apostate, or suppressive person. These, hmm. oh my god. Who does that one come from? <laughs> huh? Definitely, definitely not a cult. No, no, not a cult, not a cult, not a cult. Members are discouraged from consuming any material that is critical of the group. I have some concerns for certain members on a certain side of my family that they may be in a cult. Yeah? Cult. The Republican Party. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong, though? That's two so no, far. Yeah. We're like two for two, baby. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a specific sect of the Republican Party. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's fair. Well, let's continue our investigation, because the third sign that you might be in a cult is that the group delegitimizes former members. If you can't think of a legitimate reason for leaving your group, you're probably in a cult. Because the cult considers itself the ultimate authority on truth, it can't imagine anybody leaving it with their integrity intact. Thus, it has to perpetuate a false narrative that former members were deceived, proud, immoral, or lazy. <coughs> Republicans. <laughs> if, the former, if former members speak out, they are dismissed as bitter, angry, dishonest, or evil. Cults often impose some kind of shunning to shame their former members and prevent them from infecting other members with the truth. This is going to be so hard <laughs> to, to, to not constantly make those references. Yeah. Yeah. Because literally you're reading it and you're like, oh my God, that's, well, yeah, that's, yeah. oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> sorry. You're fine. Um. Um, me and my friend Scott once had a very long and very heated conversation. It did not escalate to like a debate or he might say debate, but it didn't, it wasn't like an argument. You know what uh -huh. I mean? Um, he was arguing that Ben Shapiro and people like him, though he didn't agree with them and thought they were like bad. He was, he was like, I'll give them credit for being smart. You know, and False. I said, that's what I was like. No, dude, there, it's a literally a playbook that has been being used since the beginning of our of racism in the history, like in history, it, it is the same indoctrination has always worked the same way for humans, period. And like, that's what I was telling him, like, I didn't know how to look it up. Because I, you know, ADHD makes you forget terms. Yeah. So, like, I was saying, like, bro, I, if I, if you gave me enough time, I could find the actual playbook. 
-hmm. Like I could give you a list of things to do to start a cult or gain a political movement. Yeah. Like it's the same fucking playbook. And I said, they're not smart for following a playbook to the letter. That's just following a playbook. That's a recipe. Anybody can follow a recipe. It's got timing and, and like fucking, um, portions and all in there. It, 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 it's so simple and yet it always works. It's while, while we're taking this pit stop at pointing out the similarities between, uh, cults and certain parts of the Republican party and particularly the people who gather audiences with the Republican party. Uh, I'll mention this too, since we're stopping here to take a piss, I'll go into it. I watched, uh, an hour and 40 minute long, uh, mini doc on YouTube. It's not even really a, mini That's just doc a documentary. Yeah. It's just a documentary. Uh, YouTuber called Jay Aubrey or Jobry. There's great content, phenomenal content. He sounds familiar. Just recently released uh, his newest, really big one, which was about like the whole career of Steven Crowder. Uh, oh Lord! Yeah, and like that guy, even among is that the Bitcoin guy or the no, or the no? He's that's the, the that's the change Crowder. my mind guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That one. Yeah, he's a fucking. Full on monster. Yeah. Even in comparison to other like Republican pundits, it's ridiculous. Like, oh my god. But it's it's the same shit. His big thing was the uh, the change my mind interviews, quote unquote interviews that he mm-hmm. did, where he would like pick a topic and invite random people to come sit down and debate him. But it's the same thing with he's not sitting down to have his mind changed. He no. is not actually open to having his right. mind changed. What he said in an interview later after that uh, was that he wants to change their mind right. on it. What did but, you say? You said um, cults often indoctrinate you through debate. Yes. Right. Very, very common. Quote, unquote, um, debate. Yes. But the issue here is that one person woke up today ready for a debate. Right. On a particular subject. Not even ready for a debate, ready to pretend to have a debate. Right. Right. He has notes. Yes, he has notes. He has studied the topic. Because he's in control of the microphone, too, and he would use all these different little, like, you know, social engineering things where every time somebody would make a, a good point, he would be like... All right, let's put a pin in that and come back to it and then change the subject to right. something completely different. Mm-hmm. And then we would never come back to that thing that we put a pin in earlier. We would never take that pin back out. It would just stay pinned. Mm-hmm. Right. Also, Ben Shapiro does things like, let's just say. Yeah. Uh-huh. And For he'll instance, hit you with four questions at once that you could not possibly answer all of them with one simple statement and then he'll give you time for about three seconds to say something and then he'll come back with like six more things once you've answered one of the things he's asked yeah, yeah there's actually it's to a, bombard you there's actually a word it's like galley galagashing or gally, something galagapping or something where you just throw like basically it's fire it's the fire hose approach yeah you just yeah. spew as much as you can just to get the other person to where they don't Molly wopped, I think is. <laughs> <laughs> Can I let you guys in on a, on, on a dark, dark secret? And I'll even let the audience in. That you used to be a diehard Republican? You liked Alex Jones? Liked Alex Jones? No. Believed Alex Jones? Uh-huh. Yes. I, I'm aware of your lore. 
And I yeah. also was very into Steven Crowder. This is how I know Don is not a cult leader, is because he was like, I, I might be in a cult. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was, it was literally. Oh, Lord, I got to get. Because, and I'm sure I've discussed it before, my job at that time was driving in a van from one location to the next that didn't have a CD player. Mm -hmm. This was before Bluetooth and all that. Mm -hmm. And I was the kind of person who got really bored listening to the radio Uh music-wise because it was always the same 15 songs. Yeah, I like classic rock. Well, if I listen to the local classic rock, that means I'm going to hear Elton John every day. Bohemian Rhapsody at least once a day. It was almost like clockwork. Yeah. So I switched over to talk radio because at least it was something different. And getting bombarded with that every single day and going to church every week and being... Because people are like, how do these people gain listeners? I'll tell you exactly how. It's because the radio sucks. It's because the radio sucks. It's because they're going to talk radio and they're picking voices that sound interesting to them because they don't know what the fuck you're talking about yet. I've never heard you before. If your voice sounds interesting and I catch you just at the right time, I might listen to you for 20 minutes and then realize, uh, what the fuck are you talking about? Fro- water- chemicals in the water? Turning what? Frogs? Gay? What? Well, the big thing that I believed in with Alex Jones, I don't know if you guys remember, what was it? Operation it, Jade it, Helm. Jade Helm, yeah. Yeah, where there was all the, nope. the, the supposed coffins and stuff being transported yeah. to Georgia, and there was like a huge field full of plastic coffins. What the fuck are we yeah, talking about? It was supposedly they were like preparing was a, for a civil war. Yeah, or there was going to be a martial big law. breakout, martial law, and they type were going to go door to door and oh. kill people. Oh yeah, yeah. And there was like something. Didn't about it Walmart's. end up just being? It was just Some military fucking, maneuvers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- it happens all the time. They'll they'll put a new name to it every time the military has to use a train to uh, move military vehicles. Yeah, because uh, that happens a lot, and they do drills where they will move large quantities of military vehicles as part of the drill. Yeah. And every time people see that, they equate it to "oh, martial law is about to happen." Right. Now, whenever I was a kid, seeing them go by, I was like, "I wonder what they're doing." Uh huh. <laughs> and then when I was a, a teenager, and I learned, like, "Oh, they're probably just fucking training somebody." Like they're either training somebody or reallocating resources. That's or both. That's the. Oh, that's really it. But you, Josh, because I met Ruben or got to know Ruben later. But you, you met me when I was at my. Transitional, transitional no oh. in my transitional phase when i had gone from republican to libertarian uh-huh and i was i'm still if you want to consider me something i would still be libertarian don is the actual political scale libertarian not yeah. the american version right. of yes. libertarian I'm an egalitarian libertarian which means i believe that everybody should be able to live their lives and live their best lives regardless of the government you know what i'm saying yeah, I mean, we yes. Yeah. Let tell you, it's not a far stretch to go from there to anarcho-communism. That's well, kind of where I yeah. went, came from. Yep. <laughs> but, so, I don't know if you remember, but when we went to North Carolina, it was 2016, so it was... Yes. Yeah. And we were driving past someone, and there was a Trump sign, or a Trump flag. Yeah. And Jesse, Ruben's sister, made some comment like, Trump. And I literally said, no politics. We're not talking about politics on this trip. 
Yeah, I don't remember, but yeah. I do. I do recall that we did not have any political discussion exactly. that whole trip. Right. Uh, I remember I'm amazed, a lot of because I know my sister. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a lot of trying to hide the weed from you and Cindy on yeah. that trip. If only you knew. <laughs> and I remember you almost got pissed because my son was wearing a shirt that was Bender. I didn't get pissed about that. Yeah, you did. No, no, no. You got pissed because it said Bender, but it was in the lo- the style of Bernie Sanders logo and you said something i thought you were wearing a bernie and brandon was like he was 11 at the time he's like bernie sanders and you were like motherfucker (laughs) he was 11 years old you were ready to scrap down with an 11 year old i was only 19 that's that's enough of an age gap he probably still could have taken me though i was fucked up all right let's get back on track (laughs) we're not even halfway through so we're not just about we gotta fill time four the group is paranoid about the outside world If your group insists the end of the world is near, you're probably in a cult. Cults position themselves as the sole refuge from an evil outside world that is intent on their destruction. Cults thrive on conspiracy theories, catastrophic thinking, and persecution complexes. Here's the thing, though, is the world, it ain't going to end, like, imminently, but, like, timescale-wise, as far as the history of humanity... It's kind of imminent. Like it's not the end of the world, but you can see it from here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah kind of. I mean, we gotta we gotta do some uh, environmental stuff, you guys. At, like right now, the uh, doomsday clock is at like a, a lot. It's yeah. too much. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, wasn't it this? I think Wednesday was the hottest on record in the it world. Was, it was Monday was the hottest day on record in the world. It is now the second hottest day because Tuesday was now the first hottest day on record. Yeah. I have not checked. Since then, mm-hmm. that's what I keep telling Cindy when we're talking about moving. She's scared of snow. It's like there may not be snow much longer. So, in an effort to draw, or there in- will be a lot more snow in a very small area. Right, you're right. Right. So, in an effort to draw in more paying members, which is important, paying members, cults are very often very aggressive in their recruitment efforts, which are usually justified as saving people from the evil world. Those who reject the cult's message are unelect prideful, evil, or stupid. So, uh, hold on. I think something that might be beneficial here for the the concept of what we're going for is to... Well, I guess, I guess we were really already doing it with what we were relating to the more extreme right-wing stuff. Yeah. Is when I say Republicans, I don't really mean... all. Re- no, it's not all Republicans. Yeah, sure. QAnon and, and MAGA. But, like, it kind of is getting there. Right. Where, like, just because, like, there is no straight-up, like, again, actually Republican as far as the political beliefs laid out in the fucking Republican thing, where it's like... I don't know. It's just they don't believe in what they say they believe in. And it's just a little disheartening. But so uh, to to relate this one to and I'm going to I'm going to avoid doing the one that we're about to talk about, but uh the group being paranoid about the outside world, there is fuck it, I'm going to do love has one for this one even though we're just about to talk about it. Uh The group is paranoid about the outside world. There was a point where their cult leader was very near death and had always refused medical treatment uh, because she was fighting against the cabal. Mm -hmm. 
Um, when she was very near death, she told her followers, okay, fuck it. We need to go to a hospital because I think I'm going to die. And they were like, no, 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 mom, you know we can't do that. We, we know how reprogramming works. They can't get to you. And they wouldn't take her to a hospital. <laughs> so. <laughs> this is the risky run. Yes, exactly. How's that for cosmic karma? <laughs> See, that's why I could never be a cult leader, because I don't care if I look like a fucking artichoke. Any plug you got, plug me up. Uh-huh. <laughs> Butt uh, plug? There you, if, it, if it'll <laughs> keep me alive, I don't give a shit. Well, I won't uh, give a shit if I got a butt plug, but... That's fair. Definitely yeah. some new age crystal chick has a, a oh, jade butt plug for that sure. will lengthen uh, your life. Doesn't Gwyneth Paltrow's place... Probably goop or whatever. Have Probably no, it's a vaginal, a jade egg vaginal. Oh, thing. really? Yes. Yeah, I was making that up. Yeah, she's also so got a candle she. that's called my vagina. Yeah, that smells like her vagina. I apparently, know. apparently, because see, the difference is when we have a, a candle named Mothman Scrote, it's it's not gonna actually. No, it's smell not gonna like smell Mothman like a scrotum. <laughs> it's gonna smell like. Mothballs, probably, or something. <laughs> like, no, it's going to smell good. Buy the candles when we make them. Yes. I don't know. It'll smell piney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? It'll. It's going to remind you of West Virginia. That's the right. idea. Uh, so, number we'll five. log cabins. Number five. <laughs> the group relies on shame cycles. <laughs> you might not want shame in your <laughs> <laughs> The last thing you want in your cult cycle is shame. If you need your group in order to feel worthy, loved, or sufficient, you are probably in a cult. Cult leaders trap members in shame cycles by imposing abnormally strict codes of conduct, usually prescriptions about diet, appearance, sex, relationships, media, guilting members for their shortcomings, then positioning themselves as the unique remedy to the feelings of guilt which they themselves created. Cult members are made to believe they are insufficient or unworthy on their own and that the only way to become worthy is to confess their shortcomings to the group or leader. The leader then becomes the meditator is what it says here, but I think they mean mediator <laughs> of worthiness in the foundation of the member's self-esteem. Leaders who can... <laughs> no, it doesn't say meditator, dude. It says mediator. Meditator. Yeah, meditator. Meditator. Me meditator. The meditator mm -hmm. of worthiness and the foundation of the member's self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> Leaders who can make followers feel bad about anything can then use shame to manipulate the followers into doing anything, even if it's against their own self-interest or better judgment. See, I can get you two to fuck it, do anything. Are so. you getting it yet? <laughs> <laughs> like... And that's because I left what very little shame that I had left in my life at that point. I left that on the stage when I did Rocky Horror. Yep. <laughs> you left that. I'll tell you what, Josh. I saw that first performance. I'm talking the the last dress rehearsal. And you didn't leave it on the stage. You left it just behind that curtain. Because when uh -huh. you walked out, 
you were fucking in it. Like, oh yeah. Like, now, see, which one are you talking about? When I was riffraff and I had to go out in the skin tight spandex suit because that was where I left about seventy percent of my shame in that skin tight silver spandex suit when I'm, I played. That's not riff-raff. the one I'm talking about. And then when they called me and told me, "Hey, we want you to be Rocky this year," that's I the was one. like, "I'm pudgy." The gold, Rocky the is shorts. Buff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm yes. like, you want me to be on stage in little gold shorts? I was like, I don't think I can do that. And fucking Rachel was like, you're going to do it. And I was like, I guess I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because guess what? The theater is a cult. <laughs> That's true. It's kind it, – I mean – it's I would do literally anything. Uh, if Jill showed up here right now and asked me to eat those uh, cat – the pieces of cat food like yeah. you did before, I'd probably do it. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I actually got called back the night of the auditions. Yeah. And they were like, we want you to play Eddie. And I was like, oh, you gave me the fat role. Got it. (laughs) And then I come to realize I haven't seen, I've only seen, obviously, the show I was in. Uh And then I saw the next year when um, Will was at uh, Rocky. Yes. And they I forget the guy's name that was Eddie that year. The blonde dude? No, no, no. Eddie, uh, Eddie that year was the guy that worked with Sam at Down Home Market. Or oh, Wes. Wes. He was Eddie. He came out. Remember. He had his guitar. He was wailing. They had yeah. dry ice going across the floor. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Me, they had me as Eddie rolling in on my quote-unquote motorcycle, which was a fucking Razor scooter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was better. <laughs> it was definitely better. <laughs> that was better. <laughs> I mean, I'm still, like, joyful about it. Like, it's... Uh, they had one where a dude rode his actual motorcycle onto the stage. Yeah. Was that him? Yeah. That no, was... No, that was um, Gray. That Gray? I think Gray. was his name. Either way, whenever he- I was out in the lobby on that scooter waiting for my cue... There was shame every time. I was like, I got to ride this little fucking scooter out there and try to be badass on it. So for me, see, trying to be badass on the scooter is what makes that That's so much it's better so than good, riding in Don. I, I don't understand why he doesn't know it's that. <laughs> like, it's, oh my God. He's so, a genius and he's not aware. So you talked about the last dress rehearsal yeah. for Rocky. Yeah. I still, I, I was at, at that point. I was not doing it in front of an actual audience, okay? But when I got dressed up for the first time for the actual opening night performance, and I was wearing high heels, fishnets, black panties over a dance belt, and a garter belt Mm -hmm. with a corset and a black boa. Oh, I looked incredible. Uh Uh-huh. I still felt shame about the fact that uh, living people who I did not know were about to see me in that outfit until I stood behind the curtain Mm -hmm. and waited for my cue and the curtain opened. Yep. I left all of my shame right there in the puddle of sweat. That yes. I had left behind. That's what I'm talking about. And the whole audience whistled and cheered, and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm hot. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I gave the performance of my fucking life every single time that curtain opened like that. Nothing else will make you feel so arrogant. It's wild because I I was Mel Pomene in Xanadu. Uh-huh. And they had me in like a toga dress, and I had to wear like Spanx. And, like, yeah, I'm non-binary, but, like, 
Spanx are not comfortable. <laughs> and like I also had to ride that Razor scooter. Um and it was very fun, but I hated it. Oh, like <laughs> I I it was like when I was literally on stage and people were cheering you're right it like it goes to your head like fucking yes, that immediately and, and then you can fit over a hundred people in that theater yeah and that's a hundred people fucking hooping and hollering yes mm-hmm. and then you get off stage and i hear that for most people there's like some time for the come down uh-huh for me it was like that. And I was like, I hate, I didn't want, I don't want to go back out. <laughs> like, like, For me, I never came down from it. No, I never I, came down from nope. it. Nope. I truly, like, I suffered a full ego death. Like, <laughs> nah, for me, I I got off and I was like, ah, uh, no, nah, I don't want to do that again. And we have like six more shows. Like, I got, <laughs> like, oh, it was, it was wild. Uh, but so for this thing about, uh, the cult leader – I know, Don, you're going to know specifically about this one because you put me onto the documentary that I'm going to talk about, um, The Cult at Sarah Lawrence. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yes. Um, Are you talking about number six? No, 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 no. No, um, ah, no the, Still talking about the shame spiral. The, gotcha. the shame, shame cycle. cycle. So uh, that guy, whatever the fuck his name was. Weird I know that we got Larry. off on a theater tangent Larry. the shame cycle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know that we'll we'll end up doing it because it was such a weird, unique cult. Yeah. But um, he would do that. He would force them to confess mm-hmm. things to him that they may or may not have actually done. He would shame them for them, and then he would provide them the only possible way out of that shame, which was to do something for him. Right. Yeah. And this is cult leaders kind of get that from the Catholic. The, what? From the Catholic, like the confession booth. Yeah. Which the confession booth is actually, in concept, a pretty good thing. You know, you go in there, you get not just doctor patient confidentiality, but like self confidentiality. Like you, the the whole point is that you're the priest is not supposed to know who's in the box. Now, of course. The smaller your congregation is, the more familiar you are with the priest, that's going to be different for you. But, you know. Right. But, you know, that that's the 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 whole theory of it. And it that can work. You know, confess your sins to somebody who's like, it's okay. You are forgiven. Pray about it. Go about your day. Right. Ten Hail Marys. You know, you're resolved. You know, don't do it again. Make effort and then go about your day. And try to forgive yourself, you know, that can, that's fucking therapy is what that is. Um, And then you have these cult leaders saying, well, the only, you know, you are forgiven if, can I make a joke here? Yeah. If you suck my dick, my dick, my child, like, yeah, or, or, which that's not quite a joke. That's, I know. That's why I was debating but then it's like for for larry in the the cult at sarah lawrence it was more like uh you're gonna have to mow the lawn for the next month right type of weird shit or like sign that. a million year contract or whatever it is it's right a billion yeah. thank you very much whatever don't whatever me i'm still trying to get out of that fucking thing it's unbreakable don you belong <laughs> to Z- who is it Zenu? no yeah you belong to Zenu now and his space army <laughs> um but that brings us into number six. The leader is above the law. If you're held to a different moral standard, specifically in regards to sex, you're probably in a cult. 
A prevalent idea among cult leaders is that they are above the law, be it human or divine. I'm, I, every time you, we read the first sentence of the next, I hear it in Jeff Foxworthy's voice. <laughs> if you're held to a different moral standard, specifically in regards to sex, you're, you're probably, probably in a cult. cult. <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, that's good. That helps. <laughs> um uh, the I, the idea uh, that they are above the law it allows them to exploit their followers economically and sexually without repercussions or repercussions, depending on where you're from. When confronted, they do not confess, but create justifications for their I- impropriety. They do a YouTube apology. <laughs> yeah. Sexual grooming of members is common. Loyal cult members will perform any amount of quote, mental gymnastics, end quote, to justify or ignore the leader's behavior, which is what we were just talking about. It's like they'll absolve you of your sin by telling you to do a sexual favor or just a regular fucking chore or some nonsense like signing a contract or whatever it is. That's the way to get absolved of your sin. And so you're deep enough in, like they'll wait until you're deep enough in to do that or they'll do things like ask you to mow the lawn then ask you to do the dishes then ask you to do this and then ask you just to get you to a point where you where they think you will be comfortable enough to do those gymnastics so that you will do sexual favors or whatever for Mm -hmm. them and so you see some cult leaders where they'll preach things to their cult members where they'll they'll say you know premarital sex is a a grave sin that you should never partake in but then you know that you got to go to that cult leader twice a week for his blowjob yeah and then in in a non-sexual manner you'll see cult leaders say things like uh drugs and alcohol are forbidden but then that cult leader's getting fucked up 24-7. Yeah. Yep. That was ultimately what brought down Jim Jones. I yeah. I said bring down. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. What yeah. turned Jim Jones from being just a normal preacher who actually espoused some very, very strong um, beliefs that, that were good, like racism and... and, and yeah. A- anti-racism yeah. was a huge part of the Jonestown cult. But... What brought what turned that around was he got hooked on meth or meth or amphetamines, uh-huh. and then to come down from the amphetamines, he'd have to take some kind of depressant. So he got have and that's, to. that explains his uh, sunglasses that he's always pictured in. Yeah, it's because he was hiding the fact that his eyes were so bloodshot, but nobody else was allowed to do drugs. Right. So drugs are bad. Yeah. Okay. Premarital sex is bad unless it's with me because my dick cleanses or exactly. whatever. Right, exactly. Well, that's Nexium. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm yes, saying, exactly. though, Don. Is yeah. That's what I mean. There's a person in our fucking government <laughs> from Nexium, anyway. So the next one. <laughs> I'm just, you know, they're there. The group uses thought reform methods. If your serious questions are answered with cliches... You're probably in a cult. Here's your sign. <laughs> so indoctrination or brainwashing is the process through which a cult slowly breaks down a person's sense of identity and ability to think rationally. Behaviors like excessive fasting, prayer, hypnosis, scripture reading, chanting, meditation, or drug usage can all be used to increase a person's vulnerability to the leader's suggestions. 
the hallmark of indoctrination is the use of thought-terminating cliches. Platitudes like follow the leader or doubt your doubts are regurgitated over and over so that members don't have to critically analyze complex issues. We've said it before. I'll say it again now for emphasis. Don't fucking trust us. We don't know what no, the fuck we're talking not about. Not at all. Like, go do God, your own goddamn... Re- don't Google some shit we said. Google a different thing. Like, go figure it out. Like... The words of Reuben do not express the term or the beliefs of Don. Believe everything I say. And you fucking wonder why I was talking about how you're a co-leader. <laughs> I don't know. The fuck? <laughs> you don't know what I put you in there. You sit over edit. there with your beard and <laughs> tell me not to question I'm you. Go, I'm not going for cult leader. I'm going for hermit, okay? <laughs> I want to be the crazy old codger who lives in a tree stump. It's You know that that was, like, you know what... Hermits were like a thing that rich people would pay somebody to just live on their property as a hermit. Like you, you, you weren't really rich if you didn't have a hermit on your, on your property. I want to jump out one day butt naked with my beard covering my junk and screaming at people saying, Hey, those are my elderberry bushes. <laughs> yeah. all bloody got that's the shit that they wanted their hermits to do to entertain guests at their castles. <laughs> not kidding. Real thing. Well, I am not a hermit, nor am I a fucking cult leader. Yet. Now, Although I gotta you don't say. Know, Ruben never listens to the show, so he doesn't know what I put in when I edit. I put all kinds of subliminal shit in the show. That I believe that. Because I'm, I'm a, listen, Don, I knew it. I knew, I know you. This is why I didn't listen, is because I will not be indoctrinated. Thank you very much. <laughs> you already are. Yeah, but I'm indoctrinating other people now. So. You're like a deacon in the cult. Yeah, I have power. <laughs> <laughs> so with the thought reform stuff, you I see... I get to criticize the leader sometimes. <laughs> you see examples of this with the Manson family cult. Big time. Brainwashing with drugs, oh, yeah. specifically. Yeah. Because they would all take acid together, mm-hmm. and they would sit in a circle. Oh, the and brainwashing to... drug? <laughs> and they would listen to Manson tell them about how this race war is coming, and how they have to get like out into this bunker in the desert. You know what's crazy? Is that he was on the side of black people in that race war? Was he? Yep. I watched so many fucking... Manson documentaries and interviews when I had my accident and I may you might have heard a tremble in my voice a couple of times because that shit is rough for me but um, yeah there were a few times where he was really into environmentalism and like he wanted to get to a bunker in the desert because he didn't want to kill anybody he said he wanted to prepare for the new world when black people won. Oh yeah. So, yeah, but he did want to jumpstart the race war well, by yeah. killing. Uh... Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, for sure. But he thought that they that black people would win, and so he wanted to start the war. Wow. Yeah. I actually did not know yeah, that. Can I let you in on a little something that goes along with the it's whole fucking Steven, crazy? Sure. The whole Stephen Crowder and, and and Alex Jones thing. Uh, I got that book, Charles Manson, in his own words. Yeah. Now I'm only two chapters into it. Uh huh. It's fucking. Crazy, ain't it? Yeah, but at the same time, I'm reading it, and I'm like, 
I get that. Yes. Okay. I understand. Can I tell you my favorite description I ever heard of? I can't even remember who said it about Charles Manson. They said, it's like he's a shaman who's broken. He's like, he. it's like he's a shaman, but he's broken. Like he has these sh- shamanic qualities and belief systems but in such a way that he wants to make his followers kill people and start a race war. Uh, people said uh, something similar about uh, oh. Jim Morrison. Yeah. It was that he was like a damaged shaman. Yeah. Because often that is what a cult leader kind of is. Yeah. Is they are a damaged shaman. Yeah. Um, but go on. I'm sorry. Or were you... No, that was, was that it. was about it. It was just how, you know, they they would take acid and listen to Manson spin his story. And when you're on acid, anything sounds real. And when you come down off of an acid trip and you still have not slept, your brain has not gotten a chance to reset. Right. So now you were in a very impressionable state. Mm-hmm. You were given this information. For normal people, that state, for people who have not done acid, I should say. That state is, uh, I gather as much as possible, that that state is very akin to having been up for about three days in a row-ish. It's it's really indescribable. That I'm it, just talking about that weariness and that impressionable... Not while you're on acid, no. You're very the, awake. You're very alert. I'm talking about acid. the come down. The, the come down. The afterglow. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. call it the afterglow. So... Yeah, the the afterglow, it, you level out for the most part where you feel by comparison to how you felt for the last 10 hours uh-huh. that you were on acid because acid lasts a long time. Um, you feel normal. You are still very much high. You're still very much euphoric. Ah. And you're still very much not tired. I see. But now you feel comparatively normal so you think that you're like sober and you call it afterglow and you're talking about how awesome last night was the sun is coming up because you always don't day trip day tripping is a bad idea um the sun is coming up you're all sitting there after having had a blast but your brain is finally working what you now perceive to be normally again so you're still in a more impressionable state. You're still talking about everything that you talked about last night, which was brainwashing. And then you can really ride that for quite some time if you just don't sleep. When you finally do start to feel tired again, if you don't sleep for a couple of hours, you're going to hit that second wind, and then you're just awake for the day. Your brain never got a chance to reset, and now you're awake for longer, and you're continuing to internalize the brainwashing propaganda that you got fed all night that's going to make it sink in in a way that's going to be really difficult to get back out so it's more like being awake for your second day in a row as far as that impressionableness even though it's only even though it's only one yeah yeah and it feels like it's like that second wind is kind of where i'm think because like that's kind of how it works as well yeah is when you hit that second wind it's kind of too late like you you gotta you gotta sleep. Like yeah. you have to, because then you can process things and get and in a more healthy way, you know? 
instead of letting it sink in and internalize and turning it around in your head all day because somebody told it to you last night when you were punch drunk and or high, mm-hmm. and then you go throughout your whole day just kind of humming that in the back of your head, you know? Well, and so, and then there's <clears throat> there's also this aspect that you have that's like, well, I'm with all these other people. We all love each other. Yeah. And they seem to have believed it, but everybody's thinking this, you know, where you, where they're like, everybody else seems to believe this. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of real critical thought going on about it because of the group setting. And everyone's like, well, everybody else is into it, so I'll be the weird one out if I'm not into it. And then that's – again, it it, yeah. get, it gets it in there in such Peer a way pressure that to the max to the it's max. not going to come back out. Yeah. Whose turn is it? It's yours. No, oh, really? Yeah, number eight. The uh, group- wait. Oh, wait, hold on. No, I'm sorry. It's Josh's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the group is elitist, is number eight. Uh, if your group is the solution for all the world's problems, you might be in a cult. <laughs> Cults see themselves as enlightened, chosen, as the enlightened, chosen, and elect organization tasked with radically transforming individual lives and eventually the entire world. This elitism creates a greater sense of group unity and responsibility centered on a united purpose. However, the sense of responsibility is often manipulated by cult leaders who coerce members into risky financial behavior, sexual favors, free manual labor, or heightened recruitment efforts in order to, quote-unquote, further the cause. Yep. That's, I mean... Harping on what we've been saying the whole time. Yeah, again, uh, it's I've already mentioned that with Cult at Sarah Lawrence, which I'm using for a lot of my comparisons here. Uh, we'll have to give it a minute before we go do it. But like the free manual labor was a huge thing. He used he used them for manual labor big time, big time, big time. Yeah, and uh, sexual favors. Uh, the the two girls that were like his wives. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. You you see all of that in pretty much every major cult. There are a few cults that like aren't big on recruitment, you know. But mm-hmm. not many. Whew. No, not, not many. Not many. <laughs> That's I can't think of. There was one in particular I know that like did not want more members. Like you had to really jump through hoops if you wanted to get into the cult. Maybe Westboro Baptist. No, no. I don't know. We'll find out during yes. our final yeah, cult it's, we'll we'll get there eventually, I'm sure. But you see it with Love Has One; their whole shtick was recruitment. They right. were constantly recruiting, mm-hmm. and they were not good at it. <laughs> that not, brings us. Sorry, no, I was about to say not every cult can be a can be a Jonestown. That's no, fair. Uh, number nine: there is no financial transparency. If you're not allowed to know what the group does with their money. You might be in a cult. (laughs) A group that refuses to disclose its finances is a huge red flag. Ethical organizations have nothing to hide. I'm going to say that again. A group that refuses to disclose its finances is a huge red flag. Ethical organizations have nothing to hide. 
Bezos. Cult <laughs> leaders tend to live opulently while their followers are required to make financial sacrifices. All right, there is a damn good point that I'm not a fucking cult leader. I'm not living opulently. <laughs> hey, financially, compared to us, definitely living more That's opulently. Because I save my money. Uh, it's because you own your house. I still pay for it. Yeah, I know, but it's you it's sound yours. you sound like an internet boomer right now, and I need you to stop <laughs> baiting him. I need you to stop baiting him. You, you have to stop. Um. <laughs> oh man, members are often encouraged to pay their offerings, even if it means putting their families at risk. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, give me all the money. I'll take for care the of it. cult right. for the cause. All right. And then don't worry about what I do with it, because that's, you know. It's time. I'm just going to call them out. I'm just going to say it. It literally might put us all at risk at some point, but this is Scientology. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want them to write us a letter. That is bonus content for days. Right. I've actually contemplated our next bonus content being like the Two Towns Over book club, where we read through Dianetics. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I want to do that. I'm not sure I'm into that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is literally like you pay for for your levels of clearness or whatever yeah. the fuck they call them. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. And then they are not transparent at all about mm-hmm. where that money goes. No. It's... And then when you get to the top, then suddenly they find new things yeah. that you need to learn. So you have to go mm-hmm. back. Because obviously this was back there, you didn't get that, so all this other stuff is wrong. So you're gonna have to go back eight steps, start over from there, and go back up again, mm-hmm. paying us each time, of course. Yep. You know, it's not our fault that we didn't know this didn't exist. You could spend millions with the Church of Scientology, and you're not gonna. You're never getting on the spaceship. No. Mm. You never get to go see Zenu no. or whoever. And. To be honest, none of us are Tom Cruise. He's the only one that's getting anything out of Scientology. Yeah. Well, he's useful to them. Oh, yeah. Exactly. The useful idiot. And so, yeah, uh, I've been holding off mentioning Scientology. No, because we're going to do Scientology. I know, I know we are. I know we're going to get there. I've been trying to save it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've been keeping it in my back pocket. I wore the pants oh. with pockets today. I've got a different one in my <laughs> other back pocket. If these people think... That I'm going to say some political nonsense like I'm willing to die even though I'm scared of dying about my beliefs. This, I like, And I don't give a shit about Silly Bitchell and his <laughs> cheating at video games or Gary Bitchell and his terrible police work or whoever else. I don't give all a the fuck. Bitchels. I do not give a fuck at all. I will say whatever the fuck I want to say and, and come for me if you want, bitch. I don't care. It's... You, they're bad. They're just bad. So the last one is the group performs secret rites. That next week will be a very long episode. So If there are secret teachings or ceremonies you didn't discover until after you join, you might be in a cult. Cults use secret rituals as rites of passage that solidify a member's loyalty to the group. Initiation into these rites usually only come after a member has undergone undergone certain tests or made adequate financial contributions. Often, cults and cult initiations are confusing, bizarre, or even offensive. This mental dissonance between their senses, 
Their sense of confusion and their loyalty to the inner circle convinces the initiate to double their efforts in order to properly appreciate the proceedings. This only further entrenches them in a shame cycle, making them even more susceptible to manipulation. College frats. Yeah. <laughs> we got the frats, brah. I mean, like what every fucking American Pie movie was about. Yeah. <laughs> like it's I mean again this one uh, this is Scientology. Uh rituals and such that you didn't oof. know existed until you got in. Yeah, cuz you you have to get to like OT3 which there's like multiple levels to get you to clear. Uh-huh. Where you become a quote operating Phaeton or uh, OT. Yeah. Then you got to get 3 levels in that before you learn the Xenu story. Right. So you're already hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of dollars in yeah. before you get to that where you go, what the fuck? Right. No, fuck you. No. And then they got you because most of what they're fucking. It's you literally have a financial investment in believing them. You have a financial investment plus the whole thing with Scientology is auditing. Can where I... you go basically and confess to somebody and they write down everything you say. And then they've got a file on you where you say, when I was 13 years old, I diddled my dog, you know, to see what it felt like. I didn't. Don't make a comment. I was just going to say, I was going to put, it's fine. You keep going. <laughs> but then they've got that. And it's, it's basically blackmail from them. Yeah. On. So. Just to put a capper on the thing, I would like to read, written by Sam and Tanner, two millennial ex-Mormons who love mindfulness and handstands. So like. <clears throat> yeah you know just pointedly right yeah. after the one about rituals you read their names and that they are ex-mormons right so yes. like secret rituals that means you and i do not know about them but then you get... uh mormonism i don't know we, about Mormon. we will get to they stole a lot of their rituals from uh freemasonry sure but i mean i'm just saying like i don't know what the fucking xenu rituals look like you know what I mean? Right. You don't. He, Don doesn't. The internet doesn't. We because like you have to pay what fucking a, a few hundred thousand dollars to get up Probably. to there. You yeah. know. So it's it's all in an attempt to just entrench you further and further and further into the cult, so that you in so that you're locked in so hard that when your family members tell you you're way too into QAnon, we're done with you. You don't even mind. Right. Right. <clears throat> um, and then just as kind of a capstone, if we come to a point that it's hard for us to decide, we will also be using the bite model. Yes. Which is behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotion control. And I will send the the thing to those because it breaks down what each of those I have, are. I have it open right here. We don't yeah. need to get into all no, of these because this shit. is intensive. Yeah. 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 But we'll kind of use that to help us with our decision on whether where somebody or where a cult falls on the, the, the spectrum. Right. So, but that's, that is what, that is the foundation to the final cult down. It's the final cult down. And the idea is for us as, as a team and, you, the listeners, if you want to, to decide what is the worst cult ever. What is the cultiest cult that has ever, ever culted, culted a cult? Exactly. 
Who's a 10 out of 10, your favorite cult? Yeah. <laughs> Number 10. <laughs> More at 11. And we, at the end, will be revealing our very own cult, the cult of the Burger King foot lettuce. <laughs> Number 15. Burger King foot lettuce. The last thing you want in on your Burger King burger is, is someone else's foot fungus. But it turns out that's just what you might get. <laughs> no, we will not call our people the cult of the Burger King foot lettuce. You can't stop. <laughs> I am the fucking cult leader. You have relinquished that title. Now I only relinquish I it when you say leader. it is a bad thing. <laughs> that is that is how a cult leader uh, say Hold it. on. Let me go back to my medium article. <laughs> The group uses thought reform methods. Oh. Doubt your doubts, Josh. Yes. Doubt your doubts. Go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> I alone can help you. Uh, hold, hold on. Hold Name on. I, I can't scroll fast enough. <laughs> that was number... See, people who are like... I have... My friends will sometimes tell me, like, you could probably start a cult. I would be like... Yeah, maybe if I was willing to tell people that they should listen to me or believe me even a little <laughs> bit. Like, I, I'm not at all. Like, listen, I'm doing the best I can for me and all the rest of y'all can fuck right off. If you want to come pay my bills and live in my house and feed me good food and give, trade me sexual favors for basically nothing, you do that on your own accord. I'm not gonna, I'm not fucking starting a organization to get that like right that's i'm just it's too much effort <laughs> it's a a good cult should form naturally i'm saying we can become a commune organically organically actually he was talking about us getting a cul-de-sac where it's all of us together uh yeah, that's I more unironically about that that's more about my <laughs> autism is really i just want all my familiar people around me yeah that is what i have always wanted i want like 10 acres and you know we we can all be like an acre away from each other, but I just I want like us all to have You're our own houses. You're describing Parkerville, bro. Yeah, I know. Literally, like that's yeah. What is Parkerville? That's where my grandfather built their house. Ah. Um, and it grew so that like there's a few houses, like five or six houses back there now. Yeah. And it's like still, um, his son lives there, um, in his old house, his. So my uncle lives in granddaddy's house. Um, his son, my cousin, lives in his house. It's, it's a good little you know, chunk of houses, and they're all, all in my the family, family, basically. Yeah. Or renting from my family, usually friends of. And it's like if you ever wanted to buy any one of those houses, you would have to sit be before the council of Parkers, <laughs> and th they would determine Literally, whether or not you are fit to live in Parkerville. There's two rental properties over there. And for both of them, there is still a physical list of requirements. It's not like it's listen, guys, it's nothing bad. It's just <laughs> like you can't smoke inside your house because it's a rental property. And like, you know, cigarettes will stain your shit. Yeah. And like, you know, shit like that. you can't just like tear up the yard. You can do plants and whatever. Dude, but those you know. rent like my old my trap house that I smoked. I chain smoked cigarettes inside of there, and also Mark 
came over to that house a lot. And so it would be me and Mark both just chain smoking inside that house. chugga chugging away. For a while, uh, my buddy Kyle lived there. Uh, Massive chain smoker. That we'll that shit was yellow, bud. Yeah, when I we had to we kick they kicked somebody out, and me and my sister and my mom went in to sort of like assess damages, and that shit was like like I'm talking bright fucking yellow, yes. like a gross when awful yellow. When I worked at Service Master, um, we would occasionally get calls of people who had bought a house where the previous owners had smoked. Yeah, and we actually had chemicals. We had to put them in a pump it, on our back yes and spray them on the, and you just go across the top of the wall and you could just watch the yellow just it's melt so, off the wall it's yeah so we nasty. had to we had to i mean we did some redneck shit that was akin to that well one of the one of the chemicals was hydrogen peroxide so yeah probably yeah all right well, it was it was so gross mm-hmm. oh my god it was gross they had to they had to we had to rip out the carpet do the spray yeah dude they fucking oh it was awful Ugh. It's you see it you hear about it from uh, people who work in electronic shops a yeah. lot. Like if they have to take apart somebody's laptop, yeah. who is a heavy smoker, there is so much nicotine stain. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's what you guys were doing to your lungs. Uh, listen, I mean, yeah, I be I still smoke cigarettes sometimes. It's if <laughs> if if I go out to the bar for New Year's Eve, I'm gonna buy a pack of Camel Blue shorts. That pack's going to be gone before I get home, and then I will not smoke cigarettes for the rest of the year. That's way... That's gross. <laughs> well, I give away a lot of them. That's fair. Just because, like, I'm out... New Year's Eve is my fuck it, we ball night. I go got out, it. and I buy I buy a new suit jacket. <laughs> I'm so glad you said... Okay, we got we to gotta finish out the episode, <laughs> because I got to tell you, my fuck it, we ball moment from yesterday. <laughs> All right, everybody. So thank you for listening. Um, once again, we didn't introduce, did we? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We didn't introduce each other again. We all know who we are by now. If you don't, go back to one of our earlier episodes and just listen. He's been Don. I've been a pack rat. That's been Josh, a.k.a. Monkey Feathers. Nice. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Uh, please, when you return, uh, please bring me all of your tithing. And uh, give any, us money on Patreon. Yeah, any like, sexual rate, favors. Subscribe. If you're here at the end of this episode, what the fuck are you still doing here? Honestly, <laughs> they can't get to their phone right now. I know that's fair. If you're still in the shower, thanks for coming to our town. Bye. <laughs> if you're still in the shower listening to our podcast, you might be autistic. If <laughs> bye bye.